Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of HR Works COVID-19 Update. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to join us. I'm the host of HR Works, Jim Davis, and the editor of the HR Daily Advisor. In this episode, we are going to tackle a difficult topic, but one that really must be addressed, and that is the untimely death of an employee. While losing an employee has always been a potential issue for every employer, this last year saw a major rise in deaths across the United States population. In fact, deaths caused by the coronavirus have been so significant that a recent study from the Proceedings of National Academy of Sciences has projected that U.S. life expectancy has dropped by 1.13 years. And that may not seem like much of a drop, but when you take into consideration how many people had to die for that number to affect a roughly 300 million person population in the United States, it's actually quite significant. That means that employers have been and will continue to deal with deaths among their employees at a increased rate, both last year and into this year as well. And not necessarily just from COVID, but it's a factor. Um, and it's also exacerbated other related deaths, people that had medical emergencies but couldn't get the care in the hospital that they needed. And then deaths that happen after COVID because it creates a lot of ongoing health issues that can lead to strokes and heart attacks, uh, blood clots and other issues. Um, those numbers aren't always counted when it comes to what the cause of death is. So today we're going to discuss how do you handle this? How do you share that information that one of your employees has passed with their fellow employees? Uh, how do you find a balance of grieving and support? Today we have with us Carrie Niblack, the CEO of ACS Benefit Services in North Carolina. She had to personally face this situation at her organization, and she's here to discuss her experiences and what she learned. So thank you very much, Carrie, for joining us today. Thank you, Jim, for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I understand this was an issue you had to address at your organization. Would you mind just telling us the story of, of what happened? Sure. So... We had an employee who had been with the company uh, more than 20 years, so very much a member of the ACS family, and that's how we describe it, and that's how we feel about it. Um, and Tony mm. had uh, moved up through the company and was invaluable to our success, so she had been with us again for, for quite a long time. Um, the neat thing about our company is that the tenure with the company is very long for the majority of our employees. So there's a kindred spirit there, um, very much a family atmosphere. And quite unfortunately, um, with not a lot of notice, uh, Tony uh, was diagnosed with stage four cancer um, and uh, immediately had to undertake treatment. Uh, and all that's involved in that was hospitalized uh, multiple times and uh, most unfortunately um, then passed. So you're dealing with a lot um, of great importance uh, to our entire team uh, with this circumstance. And my experience as a CEO is that um, our job is to always do the right thing. Um, for our employees with difficult circumstances, certainly this was one. And my experience is also that um, being responsive as the CEO and being a better communicator is mission one. Um, in this day and age, as you mentioned, Jim, in your intro, uh, we are dealing with these situations more frequently than we have in the past. And also, I think it's combined with uh, employee expectations around transparency are much higher in 2021 than they've been in the past because of the digital yeah. era. So looking at all of that, um, it makes good sense that authenticity, uh, increased levels of trust, commitment, engagement, 
um, your truthfulness, um, help create that unbreakable bond with your employees. And so there should be a thoughtful, um, prepared communication where you want to combine certainly timely notification uh, and you're dealing with sensitive details. And at the same time, I think it behooves folks to anticipate what you might get in reaction. So there, there's a combination there of being thoughtful and prepared and being time sensitive, um, just doing the best you can around authenticity and transparency in this type of circumstance. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, your, your point about the transparency is absolutely uh, dead on. A lot of what's driven the push for transparency over the last year and, and few years really is the speed with which and the capability with which people can get information to begin with, you know, um, yeah, that kind of information that someone has died will travel rapidly across an organization. You can talk about how rumors are hurtful and people shouldn't do it until you're blue in the face, but they're going to do it. There's always that network of communication. And, you know, I can imagine a scenario, um, and perhaps have even experienced it, but I don't want to go too, too much in the details where you find out that someone's passed away long before leadership has had the time even to collect themselves, come up with a response and then bring it to their, their employees. So that timeliness, um, really is really important, right? Absolutely. I, you know, I believe that effective communication is a leader's single most critical management tool, um, especially now. And, and it's our culture as well at ACS. Um, our culture is that we are straightforward. Um, we're empathetic, we're responsive, and, and that came into play. You know, we had um, friends of Tony's, obviously, um, that had been with her family at the hospital. Um, so you're exactly right. It was a situation where um, when she did pass that some of my staff actually knew that obviously before I did. Um, and then, you know, we are a company of about a hundred employees. So to your excellent point, you know, I have a responsibility there. I have a responsibility to lead with empathy and also be able to walk employees through different stages of grief and, you know, try and be out as best you can in front of that information so that they're notified promptly, those who did not know um, that they're notified promptly um, that, uh, you know, that we are cognizant and sensitive to, they're going to be able to logistic details, um, you know, service information uh, as far as a memorial or funeral, um, that people are likely the day of notification, uh, not going to be real inclined to, you know, be at work. Um, and we can talk much more about this in details, but the other thing I think is in critical importance from a leadership standpoint here is to also immediately engage an EAP partner if we have one of those to feel free to talk about that openly, um, to encourage folks at all levels, including our leadership team, to take um, or to use that resource. Um, it's a free resource to the company. And... Um, you know, that, that they work uh, with each other um, and use those resources to get the help or to even just talk. 
um, that all of us be available at our, our different comfort levels. I think that's important to note too. You know, as a CEO, I'm cognizant that um, even at a leadership level, certain people are going to be stronger and better than others because of the reporting structure um, with Tony. Um, obviously, direct reporting structure for my leaders that had the pleasure to supervise her over 20 plus years. That is a much more difficult task in you know the day leading up to her passing the day of the passing and certainly for quite a while after that. So, you know, again, I think um, being a very uh, responsible and um, heartfelt uh, CEO, you have to think about all of this. And, and this is happening very quickly, Jim. I know you know this, but, you know, and we're talking about it um, in different pieces, but this happens real time. Um, and so you, you do the best you can in, you know, working through these, these different steps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you mind discussing sort of your thought process? Um, like, did you prepare to have this discussion with your employees before she passed? Or, you know, what happened when you got the information? Because you had to balance your personal mm -hmm. feelings and emotions mm -hmm. against your leadership duties. Yeah, exactly. So I'll talk about all that. That's a great, that's a great question. And, and it's my hope that, that this sharing and visiting with you also helps others that will, you know, at some point probably face the situation. So, so obviously I was aware of the seriousness of um, Tony's illness and um, did start to mentally get ready. Um, it, this actually happened then quicker than we thought. Um, she passed quicker than what was originally thought. And so, you know, from being notified um, of her illness, that ended up being a very, um, unfortunately, a very short period of time between her passing. So from my seat, yes, um, you know, my day to day had to carry on. At the same time, in the back of my mind, I was beginning to prepare um, thinking about how I was going to communicate what that communication piece would be uh, and that it would be okay for that to be different with different people. So what I mean by that is, um, you know, I'm cognizant that one of her good friends who is um, a key leader in our company was actually at the hospital. So, so, you know, that audience, I think it's important to realize is going to need a different level of support from me um, and our chief operating officer, um, than others as far as timing. Um, so we worked both individually uh, with, with people most close to the situation in, um, you know, I made a call there, um, a personal one-to-one -one call. You know, I understand that this has happened. I know you've been at the hospital. Um, if there's anything I could do for you, um, please let me know and please take time. You know, don't worry about coming back to the office for a few days to take your time. Um, if you want to talk at any time of day or night, please call me. Um, so there was that piece. Of, and then within a very short time um, over that weekend, um, then preparing the all employee uh, messaging. Um, and my advice on that is to be completely transparent. So mm. not into details of illness, but rather details of celebration of what Tony meant to our company. So talking right. about her tenure, 
talking about what a delight she was, um, always so positive, um, how she'd worked her way up in our company, um, how that we are a family. That's actually in my messaging, um, and that's important to me, um, that we would continue to be um, timely and giving them updates and being respective of the family's wishes with, you know, service arrangements. Um, we suggested in that communication that would be really nice um, if employees um, wanted to write some personal notes um, that we would facilitate uh, collecting those. And, you know, we didn't give a lot of, on purpose, we didn't give a lot of parameters for that type of stuff, Jim. We wanted that just to be what feels right to the individual because of their friendship with Tony. You know, how would they best want Tony to be remembered and be able to share with her husband? Um, so, you know, there's a balance there from my seat in, in those different communications between very intimate one-to-one, I've got you, right, to, to the person who had been at the hospital with her in the final stages, who's an employee, to others who are going to be hearing this more remote because we're also doing the COVID protocol during this time. Um, and then how am I going to support them as well? So you've got the individual audiences, the broader audiences, very important with all of that to be timely and transparent and then give them a little bit of two things combined freedom on an individual level and then also a little bit of structure because they're emotional so you know i think i think all of that was important the other thing that i thought about and this unfortunately is not the first time this has happened within the last couple of years we actually also had another employee that had passed this is pre-covid but I even went to the lengths of thinking about their workspace and how it would not be um, or how it would be hard for employees who are within that team. So a departmental structure or even my HR team to have to worry about gathering up personal items. Um, you know, I went to great lengths with the, the prior situation. I actually took care of all of that myself. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think, again, that is what a good CEO does because uh, it's hard. Yeah, it is. It's one of those, it's one of those things. I mean, it happens to a smaller extent when an employee leaves an organization, but yeah. um, Also when uh, certainly when somebody uh, passes away, their space becomes charged with a certain energy, you know, it's, it's hard to walk by someone's empty office. um, And, that, you know, in a certain sense, the remote work has, I guess, alleviated some of that, but it becomes a real consideration. What do you, what do you do with that space? Do you, do you don't want to just move someone else in there? Um, it's just, it's a, it's a tiny detail, but it's really important uh, to give those things, whatever you decide to do, consideration. Um, exactly. It's really easy to get it wrong, right? Yeah, it really is. And so, you know, I know my folks well enough to know that one, that would be, almost impossible for them because we are such a small company, but two, that I didn't want them to have to worry of that space, the reminder. And then there's a, there's a third element that I think is very important to mention. And that is also being respectful of the family with um, personal items. So, you know, you have to balance all of those things. Um, So what I did is I waited um, in the prior situation, um, post-service and, you know, me being with the family at the memorial. Um, then I waited until an evening um, 
think it was the next evening when witness again, this one was pre-COVID, but, and then I personally, um, when no one was at the office, went and, and took care of that and then very personally helped get that, that uh, set of items to families. So um, I think you also have to anticipate that there will be part of you that also has to help the family with logistics. So from an HR standpoint, you know, as a chief HR officer, and so you've got to think of th- about things like um, paperwork, um, life insurance, all, all of that stuff as well. So, and these, you know, those, that's more incremental, but, you know, in helping other people um, listen to your great podcast, you know, these are things that helps with a checklist or even, um, you know, to start to think there are things that end up being very important. Yeah, you know, and one of the things that I think a lot of, um, I just think it's really challenging. I can't necessarily go as far as to say a lot of employers get it wrong. I have read some instances uh, of certain larger employers, definitely, definitely getting it wrong. But, you know, at some point work has to continue. And <laughs> and in some cases, immediately, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you have someone that was a sales uh, professional, you know, they may have been in the middle of negotiating a contract. Uh, you might have uh, complex projects um, that this person was working on that can't really just be forgotten. Um, but at the same time, the last thing you want to do is go to your employees and say, "Well, we got to get we got to get back to work now." Um, not that, that certainly shan't be the first thing <laughs> that you right. say. How did you approach that? Um, very incrementally. So um, the really neat thing about my leadership style and our culture is that um, we are very much um, a roll up your sleeves and get it done culture, no matter what the responsibility or the task is. Um, So I think the real job there is to be sure we're taking care of our customers and at the same time inspire the organization um, kind of a um, protective arms around them and do some of that. And then also know this is important. Know your people as well, their strengths and weaknesses. And who do I have that can help me a little bit earlier with the transition than others and know if that's okay to pull on that. So we did a combination of that, Jim. We, we did a lot of at a leadership level, getting down in the trenches. And we do this every day anyway, but it was even heightened in this circumstance of getting in the trenches. So, you know, we've got a direct manager who has been highly impacted. They were very good friends. So we've got two, if you think about it from an HR hierarchy standpoint, you've got two immediate levels right there who are going to be, you know, changed permanently. Um, So, you know, a real credit to my head of HR, um, Lori, and my chief operating officer, who's Beverly Proctor. And then the three of us, working together to take on some of those tasks ourselves, um, just, you know, quietly, um, because you need continuity of service for members and for clients. Um, but then also um, really knowing, not just in this circumstance, but over many years, who are your innate leaders that, you know, might have a stronger ability to help um, so, you know, we did a combination of all of that. So we are very um, customer centric, but we're also at the very same time, very employee centric. And I think one of the things I pride myself on and that I hope I teach every day in our company is knowing all of that, um, is knowing, you know, Jane Smith, um, 
is going to be okay here um, to help me with, the, you know, part of this task or, or the other's okay as well. James Smith is not going to be, and I should know that as best I can. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, what you believe the response was, or if you had any opportunity to get feedback of any kind as to to how your efforts uh, played out or, or how people received them. I know that may be mm-hmm. difficult to answer. Um, no, actually, I, I, the answer is absolutely yes, and, and I will applaud you. I have never been asked that question for the circumstance, and I think it is just as important as the others. Um because you learn. You, we are continually open to feedback, whether that's constructive feedback or whether that's positive feedback. And what I have learned over 30 years of being a leader is don't lie to your people, right? Don't, don't, yeah. <laughs> is don't lie to your people. Um, don't tell your people one thing when the reality is something different. Um, and be as authentic and earnest and transparent as you can. I continually get feedback from our employees about how they use the word real, um, about how real we are as a leadership team. I certainly have that style. And, you know, you and I being HR folks and, um, you know, buzzwords around HR, you know, for years and years and years, everyone talks about open door policy. We Mm. truly embrace that. So our employees at all level from entry level positions all the way up through my C team, we truly embrace that, Jim. So, so I am open to feedback. And, and I will share with you, actually, just yesterday on a different topic, um, I had one of our managers give me very constructive feedback. And so, um, you know, conceptually, as it related to this situation, um, we got it right as best we could in a very difficult situation. What I heard after the fact was, Thank you for, on a weekend evening, first of all, letting everybody know as soon as you could. Thank you for talking about what Tony meant to the company. Um, and this wasn't a long communication. I was, I was succinct, but not overly succinct with it. Um, thank you for giving us time. Um, because we, we put in there that, um, you know, if folks wanted to take some time, absolutely, absolutely take time for service, um, just just to let us know what they, what they as an individual needed. Um, so uh, I had someone personally thank me in the prior situation for not asking them to have to pack up someone's personal items and that they recognize quietly without saying it, I did it. Um, so, so, you know, very, very open to feedback, um, both, like I said, constructive and um, positive. And the best thing I know to tell you and to share with our audience, Jim, is be transparent, um, be earnest and be transparent and do the best you can. And, and that's nine tenths of the battle. You can't take away that a wonderful employee has passed and what a difficult situation that is. But you can, as a CEO of a leader of a company, clearly communicate, um, anticipate what people may be doing within thinking, and that time, you know, precious time is wasted dealing with rumors or false information, and and you control that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we just have about time for one more more question. Um, What... 
what services did you consider offering or did you offer to help employees grapple the situation? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, um, with our EAP, it's a 24-7 with counselors available. So we talked about that quite a bit. And, and, and knowing, actually, we have made that a consistent communication with COVID as well. And prior to that, we were pretty good at it, but we've, we've heightened that. So I think the first thing is there are professionals with which we partner who are rock solid in dealing with these situations and who have the professional training, um, more so than I do, certainly. And so, you know, we want to pull on those partnerships. We're an industry that, that where partnerships are critical. Um, and certainly for anything in HR, partnerships are critical. So one of the first things is, is reinforcing that, you know, this is also okay with COVID. It's socially responsible and that you can get this help via um, telephone. And it can be any time of the day or night. And that it's company paid, so it's free of charge. And that it's also, this is really important, confidential. That we don't get reports on that or we're not going to be told what was in the middle of those conversations, that type of thing, that we, we again, want to protect all confidentiality with that. We made the leadership team um, available. So, you know, all of our employees have my cell phone number um, and they pull on that. And so we did that. We continued to update all employees timely with email communication. Um, we allowed use of uh, PTO very liberally during this time. Um, and then we slowly, slowly um, eased into um, then looking at the question we talked about earlier, which is the task-related items that we had to, to cover. So it was, it was also just a progression of those things. You know, it is happening real time, but, but then you can almost break it apart into those, those steps. Yes. Um, well, thank you, uh, Carrie. Thank you for taking the time and, you know, for being so open and talking about this difficult experience. I think the courage of doing so is really going to help uh, provide a useful example, an empathetic example for our listeners. You are most welcome. I was um, very happy to spend some time with you today. I applaud what you're doing for our industry, doing a great job with your podcast. It's a difficult topic, and, and I thank you for um, spending some time with me visiting. And, and I'm hopeful that our discussion will help others. Yeah, me too. And I appreciate those kind words. Finally, I just want to say, you know, um, I'm just so sorry for your loss. I appreciate that, Jim. Yeah, I'm, I'm tearing up a little. I, uh, you know, I love our employees. Um, I uh, and very fortunate that I have a hundred folks that give me their all every every day, and and I appreciate that um, because you know it is a loss for me as well. Um, and so you know, again, I am hopeful that um, our sharing together um, you know helps my peers and our audience in whatever capacity they are. And um, tough topic, but but also thank you for expressing that because um, the CEO is not immune. Right. Yeah. Um, from from feeling that as well. Absolutely. You're welcome. Um, listeners, please check back next week for more HR Works episodes. You can always follow us on Twitter at HR Works Podcast. Thank you for listening. This is Jim Davis with HR Works.